Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 3 of Dried at Large. I am your ever-humble host, Rich Dried. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Dried at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. All right. I am uh, taking some heat for an editorial that I... Uh, published in the Union Leader regarding the Manchester Board of School Committee's failure to um, release the document detailing the areas where law and policy were violated by Nancy Tessier, my counterpart at large on the school board, who leaked information about a personnel meeting to the personnel that were discussed in the meeting, a non public confidential meeting and um yeah there were some board members that were really upset i've given i'm going to give john the um john josh the uh uh a link to the article which has been shared now over 260 times (laughs) so and not by anything that i did frankly uh, but just from it being published and people throwing it all around, pretty ticked off that it uh, that it happened. Of course, the other thing that the people that were the subject of this editorial didn't like was I, I noticed that the same people, for the most part, with one exception, who voted to um, uh, protect the member. Who, as I said, I don't believe... Um, accidentally violated protocol. I mean, she's been a school board member for three years, but before that, she was an assistant superintendent and a principal. You mean to tell me she doesn't know that non-public sessions are supposed to remain confidential, especially about personnel matters? Oh, I think she knows. And if I could share the email with you, which I can't because it was, it was was we voted to seal that email into the minutes of the non-public session, uh, you, you would see, though, that it, it wasn't a, 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 a litany against or in favor of the employees that were improperly and illegally copied on the email. It was an email. Uh, it, it was, frankly, his character, her characterizations of the superintendent, which were much, which were less than flattering, and totally false. As I've as I've said uh, to folks. You know, there there is a, a group that really does not want Dr. Vargas to succeed for reasons that I don't really have time to go into. Is if Dr. Vargas succeeds, then changes will be made. And those changes mean that certain sacred cows probably uh, get run off the pasture. And certain people who have lofty goals for themselves may not see them realized and a whole bunch of other stuff. And there, frankly, are just people who resent the fact that the five members of the committee uh, tend to be the less personally popular ones with the majority of the board. That would be the committee's chair, Debbie Langton from Ward 2, the board's vice chair, Arthur Beaudry from Ward 9, myself, Lisa Freeman from Ward 5, and Mary Georges from Ward 3. So, but... um, you know, these are important matters because, again, this feeds back into what we've been talking about this morning, and that is if people don't trust that they're elected, trust their elected officials and don't trust that they're going to do the right thing when presented with the need to do the right thing, then it just undermines the whole system of government. So what we're going to do here this morning is we're going to break format 
because uh, we have about how many minutes is it, Josh? 26, 27, something like that. So we're going to break format and we're going to share the audio of this meeting with you so you can hear what went down. And you can hear who said and did what. And I don't know, Josh is going to keep my mic up. I may have some commentary to to add to this, but I will certainly be, uh, if necessary, sharing who is speaking just in case. You don't you you don't know the voice and the mayor did not introduce or call on the person who's speaking at the time. So with that, folks, um, this is the kind of thing that if you can't trust your local officials to do something about. Um, then you got to change those local officials. And if there's any silver lining to this dark cloud is that it's all happening within the confines of an election and people have to remember they get the they get the they get the government they deserve if they don't if they don't take care of the people who aren't doing the right thing when they're presented with the opportunity to do the right thing so with that this is from our board of school committee meeting on September 25th uh in or is it hold on I, what's the date on it yeah September 25th dealing with the breach of confidentiality caused by at-large member Nancy Tessier. Action agenda number nine, discussion regarding potential breach of confidentiality. Ladies and gentlemen, what is your pleasure? Discussion. Committee member Van Houten. Move to receive and file. Second. Motion receive and file and a second. Discussion on that motion. Committee member Beaudry and Gerard. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I think uh, in light of the allegations that um, it, there should be some discussion because there was a, an egregious breach of confidentiality, um, and I can't believe that the district can continue to keep operating um, when we know we sooner, no sooner get out of a non-public meeting that individuals that were talked about uh, or the issues that were talked about within the non-public session get disseminated out to the public. Um, and it's happened more often than not. Uh, I remember not too long ago, Mr. Chairman, you wouldn't go into non-public sessions because of the breach of confidentiality that was happening. I'm so reconsidering fluid. that. I'm thinking about doing it again. Well, so I think this board should discuss it. I think the, uh, the, the individual that breached the confidentiality should give us a reason why she did it. Um, and uh, I, I think that has got to be out in the public so that we can stop this and um, not have it continue on because this district is open itself up to a huge liability lawsuit by this happening. And um, by just receiving and filing it, all we're doing is burying our head in the sand and not taking care of the problem. So I think it should be addressed, and I'll let other people I know want to speak, speak. Committee member Gerard Terry O'Connors. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. I. Um, I had thought the vice chair was going to give an explanation of what's before us um, so that the discussion, be, the discussion can be put into context, but I guess uh, since I have the floor now, I'll do that. Uh, and I, I, I honestly don't see any reason to tap dance around this. The reason why this is on the agenda, apparently, is following our last non-public session, my colleague at large sent an email to the entire board as well as members of the staff that were discussed in that non-public session and uh, shared her thoughts and opinions, characterizations, whatever it is you want to call it, 
um, in a manner that because it went to people who were not on the board and because it made representations about the discussion uh, primarily of that of the superintendent, um, you know, this, this action was, or this item came to the agenda. And I don't know, frankly, how we continue to run a district with a superintendent who doesn't feel he can come and talk to us in non-public session without it being out either in an email or phone calls before the doors to City Hall are even locked. Uh, the representations there, which we can't get into, and, and I think, don't we need to make a motion at some point to add the email to the non-public minutes so that they are sealed along with the minutes? Um, violated the city charter. We have a letter here from our attorney, and I think it's important that the public knows that this got referred to our attorney, who is here, and an investigation was conducted, and the investigation determined that the city charter was violated, that the right to know law was violated, that RSA 42 colon 1 was likely violated, and as a result, there is jeopardy, both legally to the district, the superintendent's contract, in my opinion, was violated, among other items, and there is liability to the district. The superintendent could have recourse against the board for the breaches of confidentiality. The staff members who were involved in that message could as well. The attorney went so far in his letter as to say that under RSA 42 colon 1, a board member could be removed from office for this. And I only bring that up to underscore the seriousness with which the law takes aim at these violations. And so is it just a matter of violating the charter when you disclose confidential information? Or is it also a matter when, when you do it in such a way as you potentially interfere with the personnel decisions that the superintendent needs to make? I don't think that this thing can be left alone. I don't think it should be received and filed. I wouldn't go so far as to say that the board should initiate whatever needs to be initiated to bring it to court to determine whether or not the breach was egregious enough to warrant removal. But if this board is going to continue to violate those confidences, then we need to understand that it's only because the board hasn't taken action to correct it. And there have been, as the vice chairman pointed out, multiple offenses here that have been violations of the charter, confidentiality, and other things. And this is not anything to do with uh, personalities. I've known committee member Tessier for many years, and I've always held her uh, in the utmost esteem. But at some point, enough has got to be enough. And we can't continue to conduct ourselves as individual members of the board in a way that continues to undermine the ability of the administration in this district to do the work that we task it with doing. And if the superintendent can't come into a non-public session and have candid and frank discussions with this board about the things that need to change in the district's administration, things which we have authority over, then 
I'll tell you, his professional reputation's at risk, his ability to manage the district's risk, and I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that lawsuit. So I hope that this is not received and filed, because you know if it is, it'll be permission for anybody at this board, unless of course they happen to be um, personally disfavored by certain members, It'll be, a, it'll, it'll be a blank check for this, members of this board to violate the, the charter, the state law, and everything else as they see fit to further whatever ends they have on their own. Really, folks, when are we going to say that integrity of the process matters? Committee Member Terrio, Connors, Ambrosi. Thank you, Your Honor. I, gotta, I have a question for the attorney. Come on up. Attorney O'Shaughnessy, I'll make an analogy to, to a criminal statute. Certain statutes require just that the criminal act be committed. Other statutes require the criminal act in mens rea that there was a intent to violate that. I don't think Committee Woman Tessier intended to, to uh, she sent the email out, but I don't think she intended to uh, violate the uh, non-public session. But anyways, is it in, I read the memo, but, I'm sure I, but I forget uh, much of the detail. In your interpretation, does it just require the act or does it require the act and an intention to circumvent um, the non-public session? Um, <clears throat> you're referencing the uh, petition for removal that would be filed in, in Superior Court? Or, or the allegations that she violated the... Uh, so the, the letter really identifies um, that there was a breach of confidentiality and that the consequences for the breach are essentially um, a, a public censure or conversation that the board would take. Um, or you would have to file a petition in superior court under RSA 421A seeking the court's authority to remove a person from their elected position. I think the question you're asking is, is it relevant to, to either of those findings or those proceedings whether the person acted knowingly or intentionally? <clears throat> My answer is, of course, it's going to be relevant. I mean, I, the judge is going to hear testimony about why they did it and under what circumstances they did it and would they do it again and, and all of those types of facts. And I would suspect that all of that would be um, relevant to a judge. Thank you. Committee Member Connors Ambrosi. Thank you, Your Honor. Before we continue further, could I please make a motion to add the email to the non-public minutes so that confidentiality is protected? We do have a motion on the floor right now, Your Honor. We have a motion on the floor. So, so we need to wait till that's finished? Correct. Okay. Then I just want to briefly speak to the motion that's on the floor. You know, this individual made a mistake. We have board members that are sitting around here who have made breaches of confidentiality before, and this board has come to their defense, both verbally and legally. And if we're going to penalize this one person for a mistake... I'd like to know who that was. Then we need to penalize everybody who's made a mistake on this board and be consistent with it. Thank you. Member Ambrosi. Thank you, Your Honor. My, my point is a similar one, which is um, that 
while I agree that with this board needs to be much more cognizant of its responsibilities uh, toward confidentiality, this is by no means the first time in the eight years that I've served on this board that confidential information has been leaked um, not only uh, in emails to the to the board but it, to the press as far as I can tell. I've read about things that happened in a non-public session that I attended that I certainly didn't tell the union leader reporter. Um, at, at that time, there was almost no action taken in response to that, and I find this to be uh, uh, an out of proportion. The, the, the type of discussion in terms of talking about legal action is completely out of proportion given that previous incidents of this type have had no response whatsoever. Um, so I am not in favor of taking any uh, you know, out of proportion action at this time. And while I do agree that this was wise to bring to the board's attention so that the, the, everybody can be on notice that this type of behavior will not be tolerated. At the same time, I think the motion to receive and file is very appropriate because I really don't think we should be talking about this much more. We have other more important issues in front of this district. Thank you. Committee Member Georges, then Freeman. Thank you. Thank you, Honor. Uh, I know we, we say that like a confidentiality, but they don't want to do it. But for me, what I can say, um, like we did um, our uh, meeting on February, like uh, Glenn was uh, talking about working together um, with this board. And especially we are the, the people, like for us, it's the first time for us to be in the board, the first time for us to working in this committee to know all of those things. I think so there is a way we can just bring a situation then somebody who already be inside for a long time, who knows more um, the law, the policy, but I don't think so just for those two years we start here, we're supposed to know everything. And I think so there is a way to the punishment can come in or how we can handle that punishment, how we can uh, work on the problem but not just bring a punishment, just like a uh, crucify somebody. I'm, I'm not happy for that because I don't know everything. It can be me too. Uh, we just crucify me. I'm, I'm not happy for that. But we have a, a way to, to work how we can do better to change the situation and to know now what I can do to move forward. Member Freeman Bergeron. Thank you, Rana. Um, Attorney O'Shaughnessy, was there a violation of confidentiality? Uh, the report indicates that there there was a violation of confidentiality. And subsequently, if when a, a violation of confidentiality occurs, it puts the district at risk. Is that not correct? I mean, it's kind of a broad statement, but... Okay. In a non-public session when we're discussing employees, nope. if that information is leaked out, does it not put the district at risk? No, generally not a good idea to uh, release that information that you discuss about employees that's confidential. And follow-up, Your Honor? Um, when new board members are sworn in, um, and, and attorney, you've been with the district for a while... What is one of the first things that new board members have sat down and told? I mean, they're trained. They take an oath of office, and they're trained about the nature of the confidential nature of their position. And I, th I think when I do the trainings, we talk about the integrity of the board and 
um, not to divulge information about about employment to the public. Thank you. Committee Member Bergeron. Thank you, Your Honor. I'm not sure where to start. Um, I, I, the two words come to mind here, and that's root cause. You know, because, and, and Committeeman Beaudry, if I could just ask you to refresh what you had said the first time, what you initially said. When, just, just, you know, just a general, because I was trying to figure it out. What did you say initially, if you don't mind repeating it? I can't tell. Relative can't to this, don't, you don't remember? You don't remember I, I can't said. remember verbatim what I said. You should be listening. This is an important matter, I figured. Okay. It is an important matter. That's why you should be listening when people are talking. Come on, Arthur. This is the, this is the reason I'm talking okay, about okay. the root cause. The, the reason I'm bringing up the root cause is we really should discuss the reasons why perhaps these things are happening. Because therefore, we could probably solve the reason they are happening. Because obviously, someone had mentioned that there were some, some loud voices coming out of this room. So obviously, there was, there was some passion there. And, uh, and I think we're really discussing the wrong thing. If we're going to discuss that, we're going to have to discuss a lot of other things having to do with integrity, like, you know, discussing personnel issues when, you know, those personnel people aren't even here, when they haven't even had the opportunity to defend themselves, when they haven't been accused of anything, and we're publicly, you know, discussing personnel. Now, to me, I think that's just as bad, especially, I mean, this is one thing where a person is, you know, is given the chance to defend themselves, but oftentimes personnel is mentioned here when they don't work for the district anymore. And I, I, and we've all mentioned it, and we've all made it clear that that's probably not a recommended action for the board. So I'm just saying that there, those, are, those are the integrity, and you want to talk about integrity, then, you know, if we're going to really go down this road, then we're going to need to go down this road on a several of other topics that are supportive to this. And I just want to make sure everybody's ready. Committee member Gerard, then George's. Uh, thank you, Runner. Um, just a, a couple points, and then I'd like to read a couple paragraphs from this letter so that the public understands exactly what uh, our lawyer has brought to our attention. First of all, I think one of the reasons why this is an issue is because, as Committee Men Ambrosi pointed out, the board has failed to correct the actions of members that have violated confidentiality and breached trust or otherwise violated sections of the Charter. And if the board is going to fail to act again, then are we not... Uh, uh, clearing the way for the next violation because someone thinks it might be disproportionate. I don't know how you stop this unless uh, there's at least some kind of a censure. I, I really don't. And, and clearly failing to act in the past has gotten us more of, of what we've just done. I also think there's a difference between things that are said and done in public session and things that are said and done in non-public session. So I don't see that as a, uh, I see that argument as a non sequitur. But in, in response to the question of intent, you know, on page two of the letter. I thought the attorney said we couldn't release this document. Attorney I thought we had to vote as a board. I think, I think this letter is public. I, yeah, I think our attorney said it wasn't, though. It came in under confidentiality. It came in. Mr. O'Shaughnessy, is this a public document or not? Yes, I understand what it said. However, you weren't present for the non-public discussion. Go ahead. It's a confidential attorney-client privilege communication between myself and Matt Upton from my firm and the board as my client. So the board has not decided yet whether or not this is a public document. 
So is there anything in this document, Mr. O'Shaughnessy, that uh, divulges any of the content of the non-public session that would otherwise be shielded by the right to know law? Not to my knowledge, no. It's legal advice, so... So you're, you're saying that this letter, which gives us the results of your investigation, is legal advice, and the board has to vote to approve its release, even though they're the findings of your, it's a report of your investigation. It's a legal opinion. That's what the first sentence says. We have been directed to provide an opinion regarding the legality of an email that was sent by a member of the board of school committee on September 14, 2017, so I, I consider this a legal opinion that's protected by the attorney-client privilege, and it's not a public document until the board decides to waive um, the attorney-client privilege that it possesses with respect to this document. So am I allowed to ask questions about the findings that are contained herein? Sure. I think the opinion speaks for itself, so absolutely. I don't see why not. Well, I'm sure the opinion speaks for itself, but I think the opinion needs to be spoken to the public. And so what you're saying here is that your investigation, let me see if I can't phrase this. Your investigation basically came to the conclusion that a violation of law was, uh, was committed because the divulgence of information constituted an invasion of privacy, not necessarily of the two people who were copied, but of the superintendent whose actions alleged in the non-public session were relayed to them outside of the confines of the non-public meeting? I don't think, if you want to relay what the findings were, I don't, I don't think that's a problem. Well, that's what I was going to read. So, I mean, at some point, you've got to be realistic. I, I think maybe the, the board wants to weigh in on that decision. It's not mine to make. It's not my, I, don't, I don't possess this privilege. You folks do. Well, Your Honor, then... I think he could, he could summarize the findings, and that would be appropriate. You know, I, 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 this, this conversation is going to be handcuffed if we can't discuss the contents of the letter. This, in my opinion, is a public document. It doesn't involve members of the staff. It doesn't disclose any information that was discussed in the non-public. It outlines what a member of this board did to violate the charter, board policies, state law, in relation to uh, an action following a non-public meeting. And as we know, the, the right to know law does not shield board members from their actions. So I appreciate that this says advice. However, it is the findings of the investigation that they were asked to provide to determine whether or not a breach took place. A breach did take place in violation of multiple charter sections, which, with due respect, uh, Committee Member Tessier was a member of the Charter Commission that wrote this document. I would like to think she's aware of what's in it. And you know, somehow try to prevent this from being made public to me is as is, is almost as bad as the as the act that necessitated it be written. So what can I do here, Mr. O'Shaughnessy? Because you seem to be on both sides of this issue at the moment. I mean, I'm very flattered that my legal opinion is that important. It's really not. What we know is that a person engaged in some conduct. Everybody here knows that. You've already identified that. What I've done in my letter is say, in my opinion, what that conduct constitutes. 
you are, you know what that you know what my opinion is. You can say what my opinion is, but it's just my opinion. So I've advised the board what I believe as a lawyer this all means, and you can take action based on my opinion. But it's just my legal opinion. Point of order, Your Honor. Oh, all right. The simplest solution would, since the, <laughs> since the board of a, as a whole is the client, the simplest solution would be have the board to either vote to release the document to the public or not vote. I mean, vote, but a vote. I'll make vote. that motion if the receive and, mile, uh, receive and file motion is removed. I would second that. We do have a motion on the floor, Your Honor, so the maker of the original motion would have to remove their motion first. So let me let me let me try this. Will you accept an amendment to the motion, Your Honor? Well, I've never not accepted an amendment, but go ahead. I would like to move that we amend the motion on the floor to uh, release the lawyer's investigative findings, the letter that we received. And I assume you're asking for a roll call. I am. That's salient to my motion, Your Honor. What's an amendment to your motion? Was they're, they're like A and B out of a different uh, alphabet. Around here we have a lot. And I just want to explain something. It was relevant to her motion. They could have received and filed and released the information all in one motion. Of A's and C's that are I out think of so. comments when we amend motions. If the request is for me to accept a friendly motion, I do not. I stand with my original I don't motion. Think it's your, I don't think it's your obligation to accept an, uh, an no, amendment. Okay. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm happy to try and read some of the stuff that I wanted to bring to I the public. I just accepted it. Let's move to a vote. Is there a second? Well, no. I'm... Is there a second? I don't... To, we'll to, I'll, I'll to second amend the motion. So now we're going to vote on the amendment first. I'll make we'll a roll call. And, Your Honor, to be clear, you're just voting. Back. You're just voting on the amendment to release the investigative findings from the attorney? Correct. Okay. And was there a roll call that was requested? Yes. What happened to the motion? Committee Member Gerard? Amended. Yes. Committee Member Terrio? Yes. Committee Member Connors? No. Committee Member Beaudry? Yes. Committee Member Avard? No. Committee Member DeRocher? No. Committee Member Van Houten? No. Committee Member Ambrosi? No. Committee Member Langton? Yes. Committee Member Georges? No. Committee Member Want? No. Committee Member Freeman? Yes. Committee Member Bergeron? No. Committee Member Tessier? No. Mayor Gatsis? Yes. Motion fails. <clears throat> okay. Now we have the motion before us. Committee member George is on the motion before us. Um, I don't remember what else. Okay. We have a motion before us. Is there a uh, motion? Committee member Van Houten. Thank you. I would just like to reiterate some of what has been said here. Um, mistakes happen. Mistakes have been made. The integrity of the individual at, at, at question is, is, is unquestionable. I don't believe that there was any malice, any, any due intent, and I would like us to consider that as we make our votes. Thank you. Motion is before us to uh, well, member Beaudry, and then we're going to take a vote. Thank you. I, I, with that being said, I would like to ask um, the individual that made the breach uh, on why she did it and what her th uh, train of thought was. Um, we haven't heard from her yet, uh, and here we are talking about her this evening, but we haven't heard anything from her. So I would like to hear what, why, why you did what you did and what the intent of that was. I have no comment. Okay, we have a motion before us. Roll call, please. Roll call has been requested. Please repeat the motion. 
Thank you. The motion is to receive and file. Committee Member Van Houten? Yes. Committee Member Ambrosi? Yes. Committee Member Lankin? No. Committee Member Georges? Yes. Committee Member Want? Yes. Committee Member Freeman? No. Committee Member Bergeron? Yes. Committee Member Tessier? Yes. Committee Member Gerard? No. Committee Member Terrio? No. Committee Member Connors? Yes. Committee Member Beaudry? No. Committee Member Avard? Yes. Committee Member DeRocher? Yes. Mayor Gatsis? No. Parliamentary Motion passes. Mr. Chairman, can, can somebody vote? I don't know how the charter works, but can somebody vote on, on an article that's pertaining to them? The motion was received and filed. Committee Member Connors. Thank you. I would like to move that we add the email to the non-public um, information from that evening. Second by Committee Member Terrio. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. All righty, folks. So the short answer to Committeeman Beaudry's question there about whether or not someone can vote on a matter pertaining to them is no. The charter expressly prohibits elected officials from voting on any matter in which they have a personal interest, which she certainly did in this case. I think the mayor's point was, it. look, it was going to it was voted to receive and file. It would have voted to be received and filed with or without her vote because it was nine to six. It would have been eight to six had she not voted. Uh, and that was that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to regroup. We're going to hit uh, traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, we will discuss. I've been following your comments as you've been posting them, uh, sending them to me on Facebook and elsewise. You are listening to the Drive Large Radio Show's expose of uh, bad behavior, which continues right after this.